So I want to talk to you about one of the most incredible topics, and it's the topic of the relationship between Torah and money. Because many people have an unconscious attitude towards money, like how are we supposed to perceive it? So many people struggle because they think you have to choose spiritual or physical, Torah or money, Yisachar or Zul, and you either are going to be financially successful or you're going to be spiritual. And a lot of it comes down to the unconscious attitude we have towards money. So what I want to do is I want to break this down, open it up, and open up not only how you can perceive money perhaps in a different way, but also some of the more fundamental Torah perspectives of money that really amplify and open up such an incredible aspect of financial success. So number one, a lot of people, especially people who are born poor or lower middle class, they have an unconscious negative attitude towards money, like they're taught money is evil. And part of that is because if you don't have money, you have to rationalize why you don't have money, and it must be because money is bad. And there's another spiritual perspective, like not just Jewish, a lot of religions have a very negative attitude towards money because money is very connected to physical, physical life, physical pleasure, physical abundance. But there is a more nuanced approach. And in order to understand the positives of money, you have to understand the negative. So why, why is it that if you're spiritually or growth-oriented, some people think that that means you should stay away from money, not only money, but financial success shouldn't even be a goal. And number one is because it's very easy to quantify monetary success. So when people want to grow, it's very easy to connect your growth to things you can measure and quantify as opposed to things that are abstract and in the realm of you know theoretical, ethereal growth. So it's hard to realize how much you're growing intellectually. It's hard to quantify your avodah Hashem, your connection to God, your connection, your connection to Hashem. It's hard to quantify working on your midos. How do you know if you're being more patient? How do you know if you're being more present? How do you know if you're being more giving? A lot of these things are hard to measure. But you can measure your income. You can measure your bank account. So very often people just stop focusing on things they can't measure because they don't see progress and they focus more on things they can't. So for example, weight, right? You can step on the scale, see how much you weigh. You know if you lost weight, muscle mass. You can see the muscle mass. So physical body, your bank account, things like that, because you can quantify them, because you can measure them, you see the metrics, you stop focusing on the abstract and the spiritual and the infinite and you focus much more on the limited and the physical. And what ends up happening is that people then connect their net worth to their self-worth. Everything becomes about how much money they're making. What's your paycheck? What's your income? How much are you charging for an hour? And you replace values, you replace why, you replace purpose with finance, with income, with you know, the entrepreneurial world of money. And that's a problem. That's problem number one. Problem number two is where money becomes the goal and it becomes the only goal. It, become an, it becomes an end. All you want is money for its own sake. You don't want money because of what it can do, what it can bring, the value that money brings with it. You just want to be rich, want to be wealthy. And once people start to get money, all they want is more. And it just becomes this realm of potential. And speaking of potential, this is where money transforms. Because the Maharal opens this up and explains that everything in the world, everything is potential. You can use it for the good or for the bad, 
right? So you have a lot of money. You can use it to start incredibly productive companies, organizations, build a new building for your community, for your school, for base managers. You can also use it for such destructive purposes, not only wasting money, but doing things that are really bad. It's the same thing with everything. You have charisma, you're a great speaker, you can inspire people to do amazing things. You can also use it as a corruptive tool to manipulate people and get them to do what you want to do, even if it's you know, very bad. Everything is potential. Once you start to learn how to use potential, use it well, electricity, right? You can use it to power up your appliance. You can also electrocute you. And the more potential something has, the more you can use it for the good or for the bad, right? 22,000 volts, you can light up a town. You can also actually die, as opposed to just a circuit where you can light up your, you can charge your phone or you can get, you know, a shock, it won't kill you. So understanding the idea of potential says, I want to understand how to use money, not be used by it. And then something amazing happens, because then you start to say, what is money? How can I use money? So first of all, how do you make money? Everyone wants to make money, but how do you make money? The way to make money is to become more valuable, because you get paid your value. You get paid the value you offer. And you want to become the type of person who provides so much value, who becomes so good at what you do, who's providing the best service that people want. They're dying to pay you. Everyone wants to get paid, but when you start becoming so good at what you do, when you love what you do, when you're passionate about it, when you show up, when you provide more than is expected, that's when you start getting paid more. Now, remember, for me, I have so much self-confidence, but for my coaching services, I charge a certain amount. I remember one of my clients came over to me and said, you have to start charging more. You're providing so much value. I want to pay you more. Now, think about that. When you start providing so much value that people say, you're worth more, you start elevating. Now, for me, I usually am confident enough to jump the gun myself and say, start time to go to the next stage. Sometimes you need someone to tell you, you are valuable. But it starts with having the commitment to becoming valuable. And when you focus on what am I good at? What can I become better at? How can I provide more value? How can I change someone's life in the most amazing way, provide a service that they're going to come back from where they're going to refer other people? That's where you start making money. You build real relationships, real connections. And that's where things start to progress. So what you want to do, number one, is you want to start to realize that you get paid your value. So become more valuable. But number two, and this is also so powerful, is that money is the foundation of impact. You want to live your purpose. Part of living your purpose is helping others, impacting others. Money is part of having a major impact. So for me personally, I started out just wanting to teach Torah, just wanting to give shurim, but I realized that to really have the impact I want, I want to be independent. I want to be financially independent because money controls impact in a lot of ways. Because Whoever is giving you your paycheck gets to tell you what you have to do. So if you have a vision, if you want to do things, money allows you to implement them. So for me, I wanted to become financially independent so I can implement my vision and inspire Clydesville, inspire the world. For you, think about what your impact is. What are you going to do with your life? Outside of your internal world of building your mind, crafting the ultimate version of you, becoming your true self, what impact are you going to have? How are you going to bring other people up with you? And part of that is going to be how can you contribute your money in the right ways, which is essentially the concept of Staka. Think about that. So before we talk about Staka, you have to understand what is your money? Your money is an actualized expression of your potential. Money you've earned is literally you. And think about this. 
Yaakov Vinu, he went back for Pachim Ketanim, went back for these small vessels, risked his life to get these small vessels. Everyone asks the same question, why? So Rashi explains because he valued every single one of these Pachim, every single, he valued everything. Why? Because everything you own, everything you earn, is an expression of your potential. You have a certain amount of time every single day, right? 86,400 seconds every single day. How you choose to use them becomes you. The ideas you feed your mind, the relationships you build, who you're becoming, that's an expression of your potential. Every dollar you bring in is actualized potential. Now, spiritually, there's a very fascinating relationship between money and Torah. As in what? As in there's two ways to get Olam Haba, two ways to build eternity, two ways to create the ultimate essence of self. One is to actually learn the Torah. The other is to support it. Why? Because you need both. Now ideally everyone would do both, and you can. But let's say your emphasis isn't learning Torah all day, but you're the one who's supporting it. You're still equally responsible for making it happen. And you share the same end result, which is the results of both of your efforts. So think about that. And it, it goes even further. It's not just that your money is your impact. So you should support Torah, support Klaishel, support Jewish causes, support the world, support good, bring more good into the world. It's deeper than that. It's that the idea of Maisha, the idea of giving 10% to Tzedakah or more, but the idea of giving Tzedakah is much more than just impact and practical. Your money is literally an aspect of you. You earned it. You translated your time, your potential into money. What you do with that is now an expression, an expansion of you. So if you want to think about it like this, you love yourself because you really only experience yourself. Who else do you love in your life? What do you love? You love everything that's an expansion of you. So if you come up with an idea, a company, a brand, an idea, you love it because you created it. If you come up with a song, you love it because you came up with it. You love your spouse because you've given so much of yourself to them. You love your children because they're literally a, a genetic expression of you, and you've given so much time, energy, and effort to them. Everything you give yourself to, you love because you see an expansion of yourself in them. And you love yourself, so now you love an expansion of yourself. You have to love your fellow like you love yourself. How can you do that? By expanding your sense of self outwards. When you give tzedakah, when you contribute your life to the Jewish people, you're expanding your sense of self to include them as well. Now you become so much bigger than just yourself. You're living a big life now. And it's amazing to live that type of life where you're not just selfishly focused on you, but you are living with passion and purpose and impact and doing good, becoming good, making more good in this world. That is the most extraordinary way of living life. And if you want to live that life, you have to have vision. Because once you understand that Torah and money go together, that yes, if you are engaged in financial growth, it can detract from your spiritual growth unless you're very conscious, focused, and determined to grow spiritually as well. But it is an ideal. It can be done. There are many that have done it. You can choose one or the other or learn how to harmonize both. That's an ideal that few people can fathom, but at least if you're going full into financial growth, make sure the value system is in place and you're contributing that towards good, towards a, an incredible impact. But in order to do that, you have to have vision. Now, you want to think about what are your goals in life? What do, and, and we can talk about all aspects of life, but right now we're talking about financial goals. What are your goals? 
what, what's your 10-year, 50-year game plan? What, what's your vision? If you don't have goals, you can't accomplish anything. If you see someone on the train, you ask them, where are you going? And the guy says, I, I don't know, I'm just here. You say, like, you're crazy. Why, why, why are you on a train without going anywhere? Where are you going with your business, with your job, with your career? What are you trying to create? And if I ask you, what is your financial goal? What are your financial goals, right? Everyone should have financial goals. What's your financial goal? Well, multiply it. Don't 10x it, multiply it by 100. Why? Because you can, it creates a trajectory, it creates a destination. If it's the greatest archer of all time, Olympic archer, he can't hit the target if you blindfold him, turn around and say, hit it. He doesn't know where it is. You have to have a clear vision, a clear target if you're gonna achieve something. So having a larger than life vision creates a trajectory towards that. If you want to create anything in the physical world, we say every single Friday in Lachadodi, you want to create something physical, something real, the has to originate in thought. If you want to achieve, every single one of us has a million and a billion dollar idea within us. It's just a question of having vision and living a life oriented towards it. Because the moment that you have a bigger than life goal, the moment that you, it's like the, the biggest question everyone asks is like, 100x, you want to, a hundred times your financial, how am I going to do that? You want to know how you can do that? Right now, it's none of your business how you can do it. Right now, first, just create the vision. Then, you can start working backwards and start saying, how am I going to do it? Because what I always tell my clients is, start every single day with three primers. Three primers. The first primer are your big goals. So in finance, what are your big goals in life? 50-year plan, what's your, like, what are you going for? And then, after you have your big goals, your other goals can be connection with God, it could be your family relationships, it could be health, it could be all these other things that you can be working on. What are your three big goals in life? Then you want to have daily primers. What's your small goals for today? Right? Because what happens is, is that you have, let's say, your 50-year goal. Then you have your 10-year goal. Then you have your yearly goal. What am I doing this year? That is this month. What am I doing this month to head me towards that yearly goal? Then it's this week. How is this week heading me towards that monthly goal? Then it's today. What am I doing today that's going to help me get closer to my weekly goal? Then it's going to be right now. What am I doing that's orienting me towards my daily goal? And what happens now is that your life is oriented. You have a clear focus. And obviously it will evolve over time, but you start creating the journey towards it. And what happens now is that your daily primers allow you to orient yourself towards your big. So you have these giant goals. What are you doing today? That's your, your small goals are how you orient yourself towards your big goals, right? So now you have your big goals and in finance, that's your you know, giant financial goal. Then you have your daily primers, your daily goals, that's directing you towards your vision, your larger than life goals. And then you want to have three things you're grateful for. And what this does is the moment you're grateful, it changes your whole day. You start thinking about all the good that's ready in your life. What about your health? What about the fact that you can put food on the table? What about the fact, are you married? What about your connection with Hashem, your friends, your relationships? Think about things you're grateful for because the moment that you start your day with gratitude, you can't be sad, can't be depressed, can't be stressed. You're just so thankful to be alive. You realize life is a gift. And now you're grateful. That's all the things from the past that are already in your life. Your larger-than-life goals create an exciting vision to head towards you, thinking about the future. And you're thinking about your daily goals, you're fully in the present. What are you doing today? All of a sudden you have past, present, and future converging into one. That is the best way to live life. Very few people know how to live with that three-tiered system all in harmony. Most people are either in the past or the future. We all know people who, for example, I had a friend who couldn't get over a breakup. Could not get over it. Living in the past, translating his present moment, the present potential, just thinking about the past. I know people who all they think about are their goals. 
They're vision, they're dreamers, but they don't do anything. Then there are people that are fully in the present, working every pushing, but they don't have any goals. They're not accomplishing anything because they don't think big, they don't have vision. But when you can synthesize all three together, you can create something unparalleled, something incredible. You can start tapping into not only gratitude from the past, but what you learned from the past, then you're fully focused on these incredible visions and goals that you have for your future. You're, you're full throttle heading towards an amazing future, and you're fully in the present, pushing forward every single day. It is the very best way to live, and it creates a life that is worth living. And you want to really start living that type of life where you realize the value of money and end off with a great story. I was one time at a great event and the speaker ended off the speech by saying, in this audience, there's probably one of you, probably one, who's gonna achieve the extraordinary, act on everything I just spoke about, really achieve this most amazing level of success and help others do it as well. He ended off by saying, are you the one? And I remember going back to my car thinking, I'm the one, I'm gonna do it. But then this voice in the back of my head, a voice I'm sure you're familiar with, said, what makes you think you're the one? Like, have you ever done anything like that before? You can't do this. You're just like everyone else. Like, stop thinking so big, you can't do it. We always let that voice destroy our dreams. So when we have these big visions, these big goals, these ideas, these dreams, we often just let them just fade away because it's, it's not for us. But here's the thing. Number one, not only are you the one, we're all the one. Because what does it mean to be? We, we like to think that like there's only one person, he's or she is different. Right? And you read a novel, this you know, main character is the chosen one. There's a prophecy, and they are the unique one who's going to save the world. Everyone else just doesn't really matter. There's one main character. Well, here's the thing. Number one, you are the hero of your story. You are the main character of your story, but we're all main characters. When you realize that your greatness doesn't detract from someone else's and their greatness doesn't detract from yours and that you're not competing against them, you're trying to become the greatest version of you. Then you say, yes, I can become extraordinary. And you start to believe it's possible that I am the one. And there's not one, like my goal in life is to become the greatest version of me and help everyone else do it because yes, I believe I'm the one. I also believe you're the one. And I want you to believe that too, because to, to succeed at any level of life, we're talking about financial success, but think about your relationships, think about your health, think about your intellectual growth, think about your emotional and psychological stability, your, what does it mean and what does it feel like to be you? Think about your relationships. You can achieve the extraordinary, the moment that you believe it's possible. And whether other people are telling you it's not possible, whether you're telling yourself it's not possible, stop listening to that voice, realize that you not only can be the one, not only should you be the one, you have to be. It's why you're here. It's why we're here. And as long as your financial success is much more meaningful than just financial success, as long as you're living for a greater why, a greater purpose, you know why you want to be financially successful? Then Torah and money go hand in hand. So live an extraordinary life. Strive for financial success and realize that you are